Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Jean Ginsberg here. Super excited. I have a very special guest today, uh, Alicia, and it's Abate, Abate, right? Is that how you pronounce her? Abate. Abate, okay. Alicia Abate. I guess there's a little accent on the, on the last name that I'm not seeing in the, uh, in the Zoom, but um, I'm so excited that you're here. Alicia and I actually go way back. Uh, we went to college together and she was a couple years older than, uh, than I am. So I think we, we knew each other, but like didn't really connect as much in college. But then I've been seeing Alicia on LinkedIn over the last couple of years. And it's been very exciting to like learn more about what she's doing. So tell everybody about your background. Yes, well, Jean, thanks so much for inviting me into the place and space of conversation. I have been an entrepreneur now for seven years. And prior to that, I had spent most of my life in the corporate world in some way, shape or form, recruiting, scouting, hiring, finding, nurturing talent all over the world. I ran global recruiting for Anheuser-Busch InBev and then for Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal. And I initially left the corporate world to solve for the challenge that most of us, most of the planet finds itself disengaged or highly disengaged at work. So I wanted to do something about that. You know, on the one hand, of course, that costs companies billions of dollars in lost productivity. But for me, it was always about the human. What about the human potential? What would happen on this planet if more people could be thriving? And then, um, That's amazing. Is, isn't that so fun? And then in the midst of that, like created this whole system strategy structure to help people create that fulfillment. And then in August of 2016, I had one of those moments that like changed my life. Um, Peter Diamandis jumped up on stage at a business conference where, that I was attending and began to talk about autonomous vehicles. And that started a whole journey around the future of work. And so now my time is spent working with organizations and people, helping them understand all this disruption that we're facing and more importantly, what to do with it and about it. That's amazing. And that's such an interesting point that you bring up, right? How do you engage your employees more? How, as the employee, how do you actually engage more and become engaged with your, with your employer? Like, where do you think is the big picture disconnect? Like, why are most employer, employees just not as engaged? Yeah. So I think it fundamentally has to do with the, the strategy that we use to think about our careers. Most of us are taught to think about our careers in, um, in a past-focused, linear sort of fashion, which is essentially driven by the question, what can I logically do with what I know? We go to school, we study something, and by the way, whether that's high school, trade school, college, MBA, beyond, beyond college, whatever, but we, we get to this moment of graduation, and we say, okay, scan the market, what can I logically do with my knowledge? and we get a job. And then we amass a few years of skills and experience and we do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, and if you are, if anyone listening is like I was early in my career and made decisions for yourself that are not particularly aligned with who you've become or the things that you value, 
then all that strategy is is a recipe for unhappiness and unfulfillment and all of all of the not awesome things, right? Save us, save a lucky few. Versus if you make a shift over and you ask yourself some questions. So I call this a planting your flag strategy. What do I want to create? What kind of impact do I want to have? How do I want to use my life? And then align your skills, resources, and talents behind discovering, creating, finding, and doing that thing or those things. That's where the magic comes. So I think fundamentally it's a strategic, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you want to call it malfunction <laughs> or error. Yeah, it's, I guess, an inherent error or an inherent yeah, it's an inherent error in the way we are taught and also how employers, I guess, structure our careers as well. I mean, I guess it's not their really a fault because it is, should be coming from us, right? Like we should be the one making the decision as to like, what do you think I should be doing moving forward? You know, and I think part of it maybe is also like, I like, for example, as a, as I was getting on with my career and before I started my business eight years ago, I worked for, I don't know what about eight, nine years in the corporate world. So I didn't really have a coach or a mentor. And I mean, I just recently found a coach or a mentor for my business, but I didn't have that kind of person. I think having that like leadership kind of to guide you through would be so beneficial as well. Yeah, it makes an enormous difference because unless you are exposed to something, and this is why representation matters on all fronts, unless you are exposed to new ideas, new ways of thinking, and having someone who can guide you through that, then, um, then the, uh, for most of us, the only options that we perceive as available are those things that we already know and see. So yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And one thing I did want to kind of talk about, which is interesting is, you know, you mentioned like our previous paradigm has been that this is the way we are taught, you know, I have the skill set. you know, what can I do moving forward? Not necessarily looking at like my values or my mission or my vision. Um, but what about skill sets now, right? It's so easy to find, to create a new skill set. Like, for example, for me, like I started doing my own business about eight years ago and most of my, my skill set was really in affiliate marketing, which is like a kind of subset of, of digital marketing. But I realized, yeah, you know, that's not what I want to be doing. Like, completely, I want to actually do more digital marketing from a bigger picture perspective, have a kind of the entire 360 degree view of my client from a digital perspective. And so I actually learned all of these skill sets on like the skills on my own. I mean, I obviously had a background in affiliate marketing. So there was, you know, a little bit of knowledge there, but I, I learned all these skills on my own. I looked at, I reviewed courses. I read books. Like I just did it all on my own. Like, what are your thoughts on doing something like that where it's like you don't have to just do it from what you know you learn from your career like what about going out there and learning new skills on your own for sure so the work that i do now around the future of work is helping people thrive in the face of great uncertainty and disruption and to do that i've created this framework three-part framework mindset education collaboration and inside of that education piece comes exactly what you're talking about so when we talk about paradigm shifts in there it's a shift away from a world of diploma and done <laughs> into lifelong learning. Yes. And fundamentally, we move away from this world where the subject matter expert is prized, that unquestionable authority in subject matter A, B, C, or D, and we shift over into a world of subject matter student where no matter how much, exactly like your experience, Jean, no matter how much we already know about a thing or some subsegment of a thing, 
there's always going to be more to know. And so the magic becomes, and one of the things that I, that I share with people either in the classroom or if I'm working with um, people one-on-one, -on -one, um, unless somebody requires that you have a piece of paper in order to exercise a job, so doctor, lawyer, accountant, you, know, you need to be licensed with somebody to do a thing, you never, ever, ever have to have done anything in order to do something. And so it's about getting out to the business of trying and then learning what you need to learn in order so that you can exercise a particular role or job or function. Yeah, that's so true. So actually tell us a little bit more about uh, the future of work. This is your baby. This is the thing that you've been working on. So tell us what exactly what it is. Yeah. So and actually the, where it came from, like how did you decide to create the future of work? Yeah. So for me, uh, as I mentioned that conference with Peter Diamandis and he gets up onto the stage and he starts talking about autonomous vehicles, self-driving trucks. And on the one hand, because he's talking about disruption to basically every industry as we know and understand it, what that is, what that can look like on the one hand, because I love innovation, love future focus. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be great. And then almost instantaneously, hits me like a lightning bolt, but what are we gonna do with all the people? because it turns out that truck driving is the most popular job in 26, depending on the data that you're looking at, 26 or 29 states in the United States. And I began to think about the truckers and then the mom and pop gas stations and diners and all of the economies that grow up around this. And I'm particularly alert to the challenges in this space because I was born and raised in Detroit. And although there are many reasons for uh, the financial challenges and down, uh, ups and downs of the city, one of them certainly is not thinking preemptively about the impact of technology and work in our working world. So I dug into the data, began to like sponge, like soak in as much information as possible. And then in January of 2017, I decided to use my own life as an experiment to discover question, answers to that question, what are we gonna do with all the people? But really the question is how might we empower success in the face of great uncertainty and disruption? put everything I own into storage, except for what fits into a carry-on suitcase, push my own life to an extreme of uncertainty, learning about the technologies that are creating the impact and learning from people who are masters at managing change, all to get into the space of what are we gonna do as our world shifts so greatly. Wow, so, and so what is the, um, how would you describe the future of work? What exactly are you looking to do or how, you, how are you helping people now? Yeah. So essentially, so future of work, which is actually the, the present of work, meaning um, the moment that we're living in right now as the present is simply a manifestation of everything that has come before that moment. So the future that we're creating comes in every decision, action, motion that we take and make right, right now. Um, but work as we understand it in the world is how we create value or how we earn money. And... Um, you know, the way we do it is changing, what it means in the world is changing, and what we get in return for it is, is changing and shifting. And so um, rather than, you know, there's no like committee of the future that's waiting behind some closed door that's resolving what that's going to look like. So when we get to that future date, opens the door and says, ta-da, you've arrived at the future. We're developing it and creating it now, which means there's a lot of disruption going on. So as traditional jobs go away, the trend toward contract and freelance work in the US before COVID, you know, 23% to 34% to 45% of the population doing freelance or contract work, gig economy, while some people are saying that more than 50% of the US workforce will never return to a traditional job. So 
if we must receive money in exchange for work that we do in the world, and most of us now are entrepreneurs, there's a whole shift in thinking around work and what it means. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to return work to what it was always meant to be, which is an act of creation, and get rid of that exchange of money for time and go back to what it is to exchange money for value. And then how we define value in the world begins to shift as well. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program, your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following, where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always about value, right? Like how do we exchange money yeah. for value? It's like we be, it became this thing over the last hundred years where it's like, now we exchange money for time. And this is like, the employer takes our time. We work for them. We get money and that's it. But yeah. What about value? Like it's not just about the time. So that's very interesting point. So you mentioned a little bit about how things have changed since COVID. So what are the other big changes that you've seen in this industry, in your industry since COVID started? Yeah. So what COVID did, all it did was accelerate this whole series of changes that was here and on the horizon. So it, it brought what was, you know, a year, two years, five years or more out into the present moment. And what it also did, this other gift that it gave us through the stress of the crises that we're, we're experiencing. And when I say crises, I don't mean the world is falling apart, although in some ways it may be. Um, but what I mean is the point in time after which some outcome, good or bad, will unfold depending on what we do right now in this moment. So it stressed the systems as they were, and it brought to the surface in ways, um, in very immediate ways, things that were not working anyway. Societal, structural racism here in the United States, unequal access to economic opportunity, um, healthcare challenges, so all of these things that brought to the surface. So all this did was say, hey, there's this whole series of challenges we're facing. Now is a great time to get to the business of creating solutions, creating value, and ensuring that the world that we're living in, because by the way, we're in the process of creating a brand new one, um, is better than the one that we walked into it with. So all this did was accelerate those trends that were already here and coming. And what I think is interesting to pay attention to as we're moving forward is not only individual trends of acceleration of impact or acceleration of disruption and work in our working world, but the convergence of those factors because that the, the dynamic of convergence creates even more disruption. <laughs> Very cool. So what do you think is then the future? So now that we've had this kind of big rigmarole happen, like a lot of things, you know, are changing, what do you think is going to be the nearest future outcome of what's going on now? Yeah. So I think where a huge opportunity is, and, and a lot of industries that were ripe for disruption are experiencing that disruption in ways that also would have taken longer time, higher education specifically, right? But so we will no longer need a diploma in, as an access point into the opportunities that we're looking for. Certifications and, um, you know, and amassed experience will be the things that, that, will, um, that will get us the jobs that we're looking for. But what this really is, is an opportunity to shift from a world where we're focused on getting a paycheck 
And this is for, for everybody, by the way, just focus on getting a paycheck and shifting over into creating, defining, developing, and exercising our purpose. And um, so what that means tactically, as far as our careers are concerned, is that we move away from a world where it was a ladder career, one area of focus, one pathway forward, one, um, one lane until you retire and shifting over into a values-driven, values-based career that is all about the expression of your creativity in the world. Yes, that's, that's very interesting. One, uh, one question I did have about this is that you mentioned that there's been a lot of, uh, since COVID started, a lot of new freelancers and entrepreneurs. It's becoming more of an entrepreneurial space versus you know, working necessarily for corporate America because those jobs might not even be available anymore. But the one thing that I do remember is having had my own business. And I remember maybe about five years ago, a colleague of mine mentioned, so he, we were talking and he's like, you know, referring to my business, he's like, you know, you, you eat what you kill, right? Like, because you're an entrepreneur, you really, you know, you find a client and that's great, but you eat what you kill. And I mean, it, it's my business has grown much since, since then, but as a new entrepreneur, that, that it is tends to be true. So how do you, how do you address that with, you know, people who maybe have left corporate America and becoming entrepreneurs? And, you know, at the beginning, it's very much you eat what you kill, you know, you, feed yourself by having clients and finding clients and not having that, um, that dependency on a paycheck that you've had, you know, every two weeks you get your paycheck and everything's good. Like, how do you, how do you address that? Yeah. So I, one of the other large paradigm shifts that's occurring right now is a shift away from scarcity and into abundance. And that is both in terms of contracts that are, that's like in terms of contracts that are available, how we grow our business, what's available in terms of opportunity in the marketplace. There has never been, more available to us. The, the difference or the differential is that we um, were used to working or creating in a world where we receive a salary for the activity that we do. And so the flex of the muscle around things like sales, business development, defining who my customer or client is, because if you're a solopreneur providing a service, you're still a business that's running that needs to have a market niche with whom, <laughs> you know, into whom or into which you, you, are, you are selling. And so when we look at education and how it's shifting, um, it moves away from industrial education and into entrepreneurial education. So the need to understand how to do all of these things becomes critically important. If, you, if one has a desire to do this and has the luxury to stay inside of an organization and you know, begin to earn money in, in an entrepreneurial endeavor until the point that it squeezes out their other income, that's a way to do it. But if you're forced into it or you're thrown into it, learn from people who are around you. Cash flow, <laughs> getting, getting the clients that you're looking for, defining your market. Yeah. That, that, that's true, yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of, because you don't have a, you know, a lot of people don't have a plan B at this point. You can't go back to corporate America. I mean, before that was possible, right? Like you were an entrepreneur and you kind of like had a plan B like, well, if this entrepreneurial thing doesn't work out for me, I could potentially go get a job. But now that's even changed, right? Like that might not even be an option anymore. So you have to have a plan A only and not have a plan and like, you should just put plan B away. So that's, that's a very interesting point. And then the other question I had what, and your thoughts are, what do you think are going to be the changes in our, edu in our higher education system? So especially colleges, you know, I mean, there's been so much change because now kids are in, at home or they're, you know, they're obviously they're not going, a lot of places aren't going to school directly. Like how, what is the change going to be for our education system? 
Yeah. And I think in an ideal universe, universities would, um, would make a shift in some way from academia and solely transmitting knowledge and shift into, in, into something like a life design center where people go, they learn something in the classroom, but immediately they are somewhere in the world exercising experimenting with utilizing that thing that they have just learned so that first they get practical experience right away but secondly like is this something that i'm going to want to do for the rest of my life so universities make that shift and i think more and more um more and more people are having a much closer eye on what is the return on my investment not willing to get themselves into one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt for a career that is not going to earn them that. So this this equation, as we begin to look at like what is the function of a university? Now there, this is not um, in my answering. This is not higher education bashing in any way, shape, or form, because there is value in higher education, especially around things like research, especially around things like um, you know free knowledge, like not free but um, uh, dispersed knowledge and healthy discourse are fuel for democracy. So like the societal, um, the societal impact and the potential positive societal impact that universities have is enormous. That said, um, many schools are not preparing students for the job market that they're walking out into and certainly not with the skills and tools that they need to be nimble enough in a constantly disrupted, disruptive and disrupting market. I totally agree with that. And I actually, I, I almost wanna say like, that higher education universities might be left behind in this because they are so big now and so hard to steer in a different direction that I'm almost thinking that some universities uh, might not make it and there's going to be new kinds of educational centers which are more for getting skills and getting skills very quickly but also getting skills that are constantly evolving and changing right like it's like in my industry, digital marketing, like things happen on our, sometimes on a daily basis, you know, depending on what Mark Zuckerberg decides to do with Facebook, you know, new features, new social media platforms, like it's happening all the time. This is something that I, as part of a business owner, have to be on top of. I can't just be like, well, we were doing Google ads and we're still doing Google ads 10 years later. Like, no, that's not like, it all is not the way I can serve my clients while well. it's like, cutting edge technology is what we do, but also like there's just so much stuff going on. And so that transcribes and translates into the real world as well, right? Like that's me, but then there's other people who want to do digital marketing who need to learn those skills. So I almost think that it's going to be like a different type of educational system in the future. Yeah, that would, um, I think so. I mean, as, as I said, what my, in my sort of framework and structure around like what's, what's here and what's shifting, you know, the passive work was salary. The future of work is entrepreneurial. So the, the educational system, if it wants to stay relevant, and I think it does, and it serves an important function in society, has to make that shift from industrial education to entrepreneurial education. Because and when, when I say the, the future of work and future of now, which is now, uh, is entrepreneurial, it's either you're going to create a scalable company, you're going to be a solopreneur, entrepreneur, micropreneur, whatever, um, or even if you are working inside of a more traditional organization, because by the way, 65% of the jobs that will exist have not been created yet. So it's not like it's a solely job loss, but you know, making that shift, companies are now demanding that their, their employees have entrepreneurial skills. So one way or the other, this is a skill set that's important to develop. 
Wow. I love your enthusiasm about it. And I love listening. I, love, I actually love talking to you about this because I am so fascinated with like the change. And, you know, I've had to go through that process myself and you had to go through the process of being an entrepreneur. And things were a lot different when we started our businesses. You know, there wasn't as much information out there. There wasn't as much like entrepreneurial spirit out there. And so it's, it's, it's like, we had to kind of, we were like the early adopters, I feel like, you know? <laughs> so it's very cool to hear you talking about this and just your enthusiasm for it. So last question is how can people get in touch with you? Anybody who's listening, how can they learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So my website, elishaabate.com. You can find me on LinkedIn where I'm currently running an experiment, uh, a large community experiment where I've invited 4,700 of my closest friends into conversation. You can follow me on Instagram and also Elisha Abate. Just look me up and I will be there. Would love to connect with all of you. Awesome. That is so amazing. I love this topic. And I would, I would love to actually have an, another subsequent conversation and subsequent podcast episode where we even dive deeper into this. Cause like I guess I'm just fascinated with this. So I love, I love listening to it. I'm so. in. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Super exciting. Um, and uh, we would love to have you back. So thank you again. Thanks, Gene.